Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In the series, Could It Be That Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now, here are Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Welcome once again to Freedom to Choose. Uh, could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? And uh, what we are, to, if you're new to this uh, program, we what we're doing is we're actually going through a book that... Uh, that uh, was written by uh, Dr. Tim Jennings, and I co-authored it. We turned it into a workbook, and it's a fun thing to do. And uh, Susan, you had a few words do you wanted to say about? Sure. We- um, I just wanted to um, talk about we had a, a, a gentleman give us a call on uh, yesterday. Actually, it was last Friday, and then I spoke with him yesterday. And um, it was just a real blessing to be able to know you've been a longtime listener and, and got the courage to give us a call and and the wonderful thing about the phone call is that, um, you know, he ended up praying for me first, <laughs> and it was a super blessing for me, and I hope that I was a blessing to him. And I think that's what um, our paths are supposed to be as we're traveling in this road of life is to be, um, you know, connecting with people because um, I think that's how God's universe works. And so... I was just really thankful he had called initially to get um, one of the workbooks, which we are giving out for free, and we we mail them out to you. So um, if you'd like to get a copy of that, I believe it's now up on our website, so you can go to justasiamministries.com, or you can call us at uh, 916-645-1297. Almost gave him your cell phone again. Almost gave you my my (laughs) cell phone number, although I do if, if somebody needs to call and talk. Um, you know, we're always open to um, to being reached out to people and connecting with people. So um, that was just a real blessing for me. So we'd love to hear from from you out there. And if you have anything you want to talk with or anything, you know, give us a call and we try to get back to you as soon as we can. And um, hopefully we can, um, you know, it's a reciprocal um, relationship. We talk about that cycle of beneficence and how God had set up his universe, that it's a giving um, it's a giving plan. It's the principles are about giving. And so, um, you know, the beautiful thing is that you get in that cycle as well. And so I just want to thank the gentleman that called um, from Davis that um, he called and, and I received a great blessing from him. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of prayer, Susan, would you open the program with a word of prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for an opportunity to speak about your principles of love and and how you designed this universe. And we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to be with us as we speak about those principles, that um, you would guide our, our words, and um, that we will be a blessing to those that hear. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And what we're going to talk talk about today is faith. And actually, the title of, uh, title of the program is Faith, Fact, or Fiction. And, you know, in regards to faith, I I can't help myself but uh, from tying things together with uh, 
trusting the doctor, if you will, because it wasn't long ago um, I had total hip replacement on the left side. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I I was in denial. I I had been in denial for probably, I don't know, the best of 20-something years because I was dragging that leg around for a long time. And, uh, and, you know, I went and got consults and some people said there was nothing wrong. And some people said we can shoot this in there and that in there. And, you know, and it just wasn't coming together. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have to live like this. I just going to have to live in pain. And, and, uh, then all of a sudden we went, I, I, I was a little bit proactive, if you will, you know, and, 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 and just to, just to tie into that a little bit, um, proactive in, in the sense that I, I began, uh, Poking, poking doctors and and asking questions and finally I poked the right doctor. Well, and, and I think too is I think that the pain got to the point well, where there were was no other option. There was no other option to, to speak with the doctor. Something himself. had to happen. Yeah. And here, here's the here's the the thing that's kind of incredible about that is that when you're, you know, if you're a parent and you're playing hide and seek with your three year old child, do you do you hide where they can't find you? Or do you hide in plain sight? Mm-hmm. You hide where they can find you, right? Right. Well, this doctor, he was available. He was where I could find him. I just had to look for him. And God is the same way. God is hiding in plain sight. You just have to look for him. He's 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 there. You know, you have to take the effort and look for him. So I, I, I poked around, and I finally got to this one doctor. And, you know, the first thing, the f- first thing that you need to do in order to be able to to go through, and, and I, those of you that are that have had a hip replacement can sympathize with me, I'm sure, is uh, you know because it's a big deal. You you know you're throwing part of your body into a garbage can and and you'll never have it again. That that freaked me out. But uh, but the first thing was I needed to trust a doctor. Mm-hmm. I needed to trust that doctor, and so you know what, we walked into his office and he was concerned. That was okay, big deal right there. That's a big deal. Number one, he was really concerned. He has me walk. He watches me walk, and he's really concerned about what's going on. And then he diagnosed me correctly. He pulled up the X-ray, pointed at it, and he says, "It hurts right here, doesn't it?" And and you know, this is what we're going to do. And he laid it all out. And you know, he um, we went home. We checked him out. You know, we researched the doctor. We came back. You know, his office had thank you notes, all pla- wallpaper, just thank you notes from all kinds of people that he had um, previous patients, previous patients right. that he had healed. And so you look and, and you look at all these people that were messed up and just thanking him. And, and so things start adding up and I'm starting to trust this guy more and more. And he hasn't even done anything for me other than diagnose me. Right. And so then. uh out of one of the biggest things, because, you know, when you start researching this kind of stuff, there's all kinds of horror stories on the Internet, and it could just, you know, put a wet blanket on it real quick. And so he, he mentioned that he had done thousands of the surgeries, never had an infection, which was a big deal in my book, and a lot of uh, other things that he was talking about, it just gave me a total sense of confidence. And, and so, you know, one of the first principles of psychotherapy is to develop a working report a therapeutic alliance with the patient without trust without confidence and faith in the doctor the patient will not put into practice the treatment plan that seeks to bring healing the same principle is also true in god's plan to heal us without therapeutic alliance without a trust or a faith in god in who he is 
we will not apply to our lives his plan to heal. Therefore, he's gone to great lengths to help us build trust and faith in him. So, and this is what we're going to talk about today. What exactly is faith? Where does it come from? And how does it work? And what is our part in in working with this faith? Be, you know, it, uh, because James says faith without works is dead. And this is when I think about what we, what Susan and I went through with this operation thing, with this hip replacement, is there was a whole host of things that we were a regimen of things that we were given to do. Remember, I first had to stop my meds. Mm-hmm. Right, my all my supplements and all that kind of stuff, and then what we had to go get a blood test, mm-hmm. and then we had a pre-op, you know, and, and I thank my wife because she was with me the whole time, you know, encouraging me and 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 you know because well it was it was interesting because the it was set for February but then we got a a, a call the week before Christmas or a couple of days before Christmas. And it was like, do you want to come in next, next week? week and do it? And I'm glad they did that because it was like, bang, bang. You know, I didn't have time to stew on it and think about it. So we had a pre-op conference. Then, of course, before you do it, you've got to fast. And then that morning, you've got to shower and wash yourself a couple times with this special wash. You drink some kind of uh, concentrated energy concoction. You know, it's a big list of stuff you do. And then, of course, you got to show up. you got to allow them to stick that IV in you. And once you know, once you allow that, that everything's going to be like la-la land and you're going to let them do whatever you want. So once, you know, that was the big decision was sticking that, letting them stick the IV in. And then, of course, the surgery happens. You allow that. You know, and the interesting thing, too, is is we they did it with uh, with a spinal. So, right. So you're so- in the operating room and, the, and and then they give you a little twilight thing. So right before you go out, you know, you're looking at the table with the saw and the hammer and everything they're going to use to cut you up, which was a little bit weird. But, you know, and, and so, but you, and then the next thing you know, you got post-op and before you go home, you got to walk and, and, and then you got physical therapy and then you got stitches and more physical therapy. And I looked at this list and I said, what, now these were all things that I had to do that were doctor recommended, but not only doctor recommended, but doctor necessary for me to for, to right. be a successful Pro- surgery procedure necessary procedure necessary right. they had to happen if i don't do the blood test they don't do the surgery right if i don't wash they don't do the surgery right if i don't show up on time they don't do you know what i'm saying and this whole list of things if i don't do the pre-op conference they don't do the surgery and so there's a whole host of things that i have to participate even though i trust the doctor i have to participate in this to make it successful. Right. They're not going to come drag you out no. of the house to get your blood test or anything like that. No. And what? which one of these steps do I pull out of it? Right. I can't pull any. And this is the thing. See, doc, God is a doctor that has never lost a patient that totally trusted him, that went through all the steps required, you know, the repentance and, 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 the, and the, you know, the facing of the guilt and all the stuff that we're going to be talking about and, and dealing with the issues that you deal with and taking them to God. He's never lost a patient that's fully trusted him. And, and I think the part that you're trying to emphasize is that we do have a part. Yeah. It's, God doesn't do everything. He want, it's a, it's a, a cooperation. It's a team, yeah. right? We're a team with God and, and we, we come alongside of him. He's not going to just come in and do a, a change of brains and give you a different brain. He, it's going to be a work from the inside out, but you participate in it a hundred percent. It has to, because if not, he destroys your individuality. Right. And that's not what he wants to do. He wants you to make the choices to transform into the character of Christ. You make, you say, I like Jesus 
so much I want to be like him. Show me what what I need to do to participate in my recovery. And I think that that has, you know, it's it's uh it's something it's a process that happens every single day. You know, we all wake up and we decide um, you know, what we're going to do for that day throughout the day. And we each have that decision, you know, am I going to do, am I going to be connected with God or not? Today? Yeah. Am I going to be connected? Right. And, and, and what, what keeps me from him? Right. Um, so we're going to talk about faith and, you know, we all know that scripture in Hebrews one and it states faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Doesn't this mean that, um, we are to believe even though it doesn't make sense or that we don't have evidence. Is that Well, see, that's the thing. If you go back to the doctor and what we did was we researched him, we found evidence. Right. The, the cards on the wall, the fact that he had done thousands of surgeries, you know, and all these wonderful things in regards to this doctor. And the same thing happens with God. See, the English translation of the, the text uses the word substance. Uh, you know, that's a Latin-based word. It's derived from the, the Greek hypostasis. Hypostasis has two parts, the first being hypo, meaning low or under, like hypoglycemic, or the second part, stasis, meaning standing or stand still. Hypostasis was translated into Latin as substance, the first part, sub, being under, like subway or subterranean, and the latter part, stance, means standing, so understanding. And so when we look at it at at um, faith with this, you know, with that view in mind, we can say that um, a modern translation would be faith is our understanding of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so the more understanding we have of who God is and what, what we see from his word, then the more faith we can have in it. You bet. You bet. I mean, I mean, simply put, faith so is... It's not, it's not just blind. No, no. Faith right. is hope with a track record. Right. Is what it is. Right. Faith is hope with a track record. So we have a lot of hope by looking and looking at how Jesus treated people and how God has continually chased after the human race to try to bring them back to him. And, and we see that evidence and we say, okay, so that's somebody that can be trusted. Yeah. You know, and I love looking at the stories and what Jesus did and how he won people and, you know, how the perfect love that he had casted out the fear of those people you know, and uh, they gravitated to him, and the more they walked with him, the more they loved him, and the more they trusted him. You know? And then, and then I, the the final part is where Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Yep. And so he said, you know, basically, um, had the Father come, it, everything would have been exactly the same you because bet. if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you and that's bet. how he treats people that, as well. That character of love. So that's is, a huge ability to trust somebody that yeah. that is like that. Yeah. So imagine now, imagine you're a parent of a first grader. Now, while your child's at school, you buy a present, you wrap it, and you place it in the bedroom closet. When your child gets home, you tell her to go to the closet because you've got a present there for her. Now, does your child go? Sure, the child's going to go, right? Probably going to be pretty excited. If she does, does she base it on uh, the present that's not received yet, or does she base her on the evidence of what she hasn't seen, or, or does she base her going down the hall based on knowing who you are. Right. You right. see? Her going down the hall is, has nothing really to do with seeing the present yet. Right. 
It has nothing to do with knowing what the president knowing is. what the president is. Right. It doesn't have to. They just need to know who you are. Right. Her trust is in her parent. Yeah. See, I don't need to know how to do a total hip replacement to get one. All I have to do is trust the doctor. Right. And so, you know, we talk about about those those um, presents and and what you know what are the things that we can be that we can hope for, and so we can kind of say in God's heavenly closet, um, there's eternal life, there's a crown of glory, and there's so much more. We don't have any physical evidence for their existence, but we do have overwhelming understanding and evidence for the existence of God and His reliability, His trustworthiness, and especially His goodness. Our faith in God, therefore, is not just based on feelings, wishful thinking, or impressions, but it's based on evidences revealed both in nature and in God's written word. And that's a that's a, a direct reference back to Romans one twenty two one twenty one twenty. Yeah, right. You know, because as you, you know, your child walks down the hall to find the present. You, you, she's not going to hesitate because of fear and uncertainty, is she? Right. You know, wondering whether the closet really contains anything. Or does she just go, I mean, think about it. You say there's a president in the closet, they're going to go running down the hall. They know Trusting there's one. All Trusting all along that, that what right? you said is true. Right. right. So, so if we know God and we know, uh, and you know, and that, the, the, we know, the, we see the evidence of him. You know, there was a, a I heard a story once told about uh, a, a town over in, in England. And the town has these, these uh, on the street corners, they had these little gas lights, mm-hmm. you know. And back in the 1800s, there was a guy that went around the town at dusk, just when it was getting dark, and he, he, would, uh, he would light these gas lights. He's, and it would light up these street lights, right? Now, they don't do that anymore. Since then, they've welded the door shut and they don't do it. But back in the day when they did that, you could go up to a high clock tower or something like that and you can see the entire city, and you could see these gas lights. Mm-hmm. And then, so no matter how hard you tried, you could not see the guy lighting him because it was dark. You could not see that guy. Right. But you could see where he had been. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. And so we w- say we want to see God. Just look around. You can see where, where, he, where he's been. I mean, I see my wife's life. I look at her. I can see where God's been. I can see, and I, I look at, uh, there are certain people in my life that I can see where God's been. I can see that light is shining not only through them from, you know, from God through them, but they're changed. Right. They've changed, right. you know, so, the, not I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Right. And so that's a, that's a really good um, practice that we can all partake in is to, you know, go through our day and, and look for God, you know, look for the evidences that God has been in somebody's life. And, yeah. And be thankful for that and to see the goodness in in people because all the goodness comes from God. Yeah. And so um, that's a good way to to experience life is to have that that goal, you know. Yeah, and if you're doing that, then you're not doing other things. We're not looking for the evil in people because well, I think a lot of times we can get caught up into, into doing that. Yeah, well, looking I got— for what's wrong. Right, right. I got a sniper in my head. He's got crosshairs, and a lot of times he wants to— he wants to judge people. He wants to look at people and judge them. And that that sniper, he's bad. I gotta, I gotta chase him out of my head by looking for the good in people and seeing where God's been. His God, you know. And that's fun and what's, to do. What's that statement about? Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's in the next program we're going to be talking about. But the somebody's sickness. Oh, uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. When when I got the guy with the crosshairs, right? When he's in there, when that sniper's in there, and he's got the crosshairs on anybody. I say, pray for this guy because he's almost sick as I am. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's because that's the absolute truth. If I if I could grasp that reality, because because of the thing between me and God is me. The right. pro, the problem. If I could get me out of the way between me and God and my self centeredness and my desire to lift myself up and put other people down. If I could get that out of the way, you see. And the only thing I the mindset I need to have is you know what? Pray for that person. They're almost as sick as you are, Rich. You know. Right, because ultimately, if that's how we're, if we're, if we're going around and we're judging people, that that shows the condition of our own heart. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're all dying of the same disease. Right. We're infected with fear and selfishness. And there's not one of us that is exempt from that. There's not one of us that that does not have that condition. Right. You know, and we're bent towards the evil, we're, and we're bent towards saving ourselves. Saving above ourselves. All. I mean, look at Adam in the garden. Not me. It was her. It, right. That's where we inherited that. Right. To self protect, and it's been that way ever since. Right. Yeah, it's really uh, scary. So, so the danger in believing without evidence of accepting things on emotional feelings is that it opens one's one up to to you can believe anything, and in addition, if we measure the strength of our faith by how we feel. Then as our feelings rise and fall, so does our estimation of our level of faith. We'll, we'll judge God's presence by our inconsistent feelings and conclude that something sometimes he's not near and other times um, he is. Sometimes yeah. he's not and sometimes he is. If and, based on how we feel. Okay, absolutely. once again, who's in the center when it's based on? It's, it's, it's me again. It's us, right? Right, right. And if I was judged on my intentions, I'd be great. right. My intentions are good. I intend to do good things, but I don't because me gets in the way. Right. And, and. Well, and I just like that because there's all kinds of things, you know, um, Rich going through his hip thing and me going through my thing. You know, you, a lot of times there's things that happen in this life and sometimes you can have feelings that are overwhelming. Sure. And um, you're not on top of your game like you, you know, you have been in the past or, you know, you have a loss of a loved one and your feelings can really go up and down you and, bet. and we cannot base our closeness to God depending upon how we feel. Nope. Can't do it. Right. No, but we can tell him how we feel. I mean, look what Job did. Right. Absolutely. God, I feel rotten. Right. Things or Elijah. Or Elijah. Right. You know, depression, tell him about it. Right. These things that we, that you're going through. Jonah, he runs Je- from- Well, how about Jesus, Jesus in Gethsemane? Yeah, in Gethsemane. So, you know? I, hey, man, you know what? If there's anything that can be done, yeah. please, I don't want to go through this. Yeah, but- this, this way's not working, you know. I, I'd just as soon go another route, but not the way I feel. It's the way, you, what you want, God. So that's basically what Jesus was saying in the garden. And so it's okay to has, have those feelings. You know, a lot of people say that- um, when you have feelings of depression or whatever, that it's bad. It's and, sinful. It, yeah. That's, no, that's, I mean, if that were the case, then um, Job, he was deeply depressed. He said, curse is the day I was born, you know, and I wish I'd never been in my mother's womb. And he was saying all this stuff. And um, if, and Job, he was just he was the Bible's explaining that people have emotions. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus had the emotion that, hey, you know what? I don't want to go through with this. And he had to reiterate three times, not my will, your will. Right. You know, I don't feel like doing this. And so, yeah, our feelings can get in the way. So we want to base 
our faith on facts on and who's not, trustworthy. And, right, and it's not that we're trustworthy. No, it's the fact that Jesus is trustworthy, and we can trust what He says. We can do all things through Him. Yeah, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I mean, we can go through chapter of chapter through chapter of the Bible and see all the promises of God. Yeah, we can. You know, and we just gotta we gotta ask ourselves: Do we want to make we want to be made well? You know, remember Jesus asked many a patient in His walk. Uh, uh, through the On Holy Land, yeah. yeah. Do you want to be made well? And and folks, you're the only one that can answer that. But you got to go to the physician. You got to go to the physician. You know, you got to go to the physician. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, uh, we're getting ready to wrap up here. We we just wanted to reiterate: if you want to get a hold of the book we're going through, could it be this simple? The way out of your prison. You can give us a call at nine one six six four five one two nine seven. Or you can, it's now available on the website too, www.justasiamministries.com. And it's been real good uh, talking with you today. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order the new workbook called, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go online to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening and remember, You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.